Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. What's up? Welcome into the CHGO Bears podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up. What's going on, Bears fans? Adam Hogue, Mark Carmen, Kevin Kaduk sitting in with us today. We'll hear from Nicholas Moriano momentarily from Hallis Hall with whatever news is left to come out of Hallis Hall in 2022. Guys, it's almost the new year. I am... Well, first of all, great to have Kevin on the show as per always. Good Thanks to for having me. The head, of, the head of content leading us to the promised land today as we look back on the year. I don't think there's going to be any big news today, Adam Hogue, but maybe there's going to be some big news today. Um, I believe the biggest news so far is that Nicholas Morrow's the honorary captain this week. He deserves that. As, as, as not great as Nicholas Morrow has been all year, he's been a first-class individual. And, sure. he, and he has played a lot. Uh, I think he's found his comfort zone in the Flues Slash, and, and it's been like eight months since he was signed, and still every time someone says his name, I think you're about to say Nicholas Moriano. Well, every <laughs> single time, I thought so too. Every single <laughs> time, maybe I am because Nicholas Moriano will be coming on here soon. More um, is less. Whenever Fields is done talking, I think we'll we'll hear from him. So, um, I got beef with Moriano. You do? Yeah. Sounds like he whooped your butt. Every sure. every time he beats me in ping pong, the dude can't wait to get out of here and do a video. Dude loses, I don't see any videos. First thing he does, right out right out the door, video. <laughs> it's also noticeable that he does it after he leaves. Right, just just he, he acts all humble in here. Doesn't say anything. The next thing you know, he's in the alley. And the, and the smile is from Lake Michigan to Soldier Field, and he's just and here it comes. But <laughs> Moriano, some kind of teammate. Have you offered to do a joint video in defeat with him? No, I have okay. not. So, okay. Okay. So, so who's the good sport? Ray, Moriano's greater than Carm. <laughs> Fine. We're going to have to start doing post-match press conferences here at CHGO, I think, to have this addressed in it's public. Yeah, For like the record, that. I won game one yesterday and then just lost focus, and he took two and three in convincing fashion, and it was a distinctive loss, and I don't feel good about it, but I'm very excited to talk Bears. Okay. Well, uh, Kevin's in here today because, and you should check this out at allchgo.com. He has the uh, top 10 Chicago sports stories of 2022. And uh, many of those being bear stories, we thought. Many of them are quite depressing. Yes. Well, like nine of the 10 are like. 
Pat bad. Foley and Eddie Olchek leave Blackhawks booth. <laughs> Blackhawks commit to rebuild. Sky fails. Sky to fail. win again. Bulls end playoff drought, but resurrection stalls. All right. Tony Larusa <laughs> is a complete nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> well, we thought so. Go check that out for your uh, depressing recap of 2022. Way to sell it, guys. Um, we thought we would discuss the top 10, and then I think it actually turned into 12. So we're just going to go in chronological order. The top stories that okay. the Bears have had in 2022. It's Look, they haven't won a lot of games. I think we look back on 2022, and good or bad, very pivotal year in this franchise's history for many different reasons. They go beyond the football season. They go beyond the quarterback. We're talking stadium changes, president changes, it's been a newsworthy year for the Bears, and not a lot of it is actually on the football field. I would think that we can all agree that this has been, as far as moving the franchise forward and everything that's happened since 1985, this has mm-hmm. to be, this could be a different show, but top five best Bears year since then. Okay. Well, that's with the assumption that it all works out. Yes, it's a big assumption, but it, but but we, but we but we have legitimate hope. I think it's been an amazing Bears year. The quarterback is good. We've literally never been able to say that. Have been able to say it since McMahon. I know. So much of being a Bears fan is about treading water and kind of being a fan of a franchise that isn't necessarily a vanguard in the sport. I mean, definitely isn't a vanguard in the sport. They're not progressive. You know, obviously they are a charter franchise. They're owned by the woman who is the son, who is the daughter of George Hallis. And it kind of reflects. And now I think the year 2022, we're looking at a state-of-the-art stadium, which I think this franchise deserves. We're looking at a quarterback who plays football in a a manner different than what we've seen. And I, I, I think part of the fan base still doesn't understand like what football is supposed to look like in 2022, and that Justin Fields does represent that. And so when you look at 2022, yes, it has been depressing. Yes, a lot of things have gone wrong. Yes, there have been a lot of losses. But it, if you're a hopeful, if you're hopeful and you're optimistic, it just represents a beginning. State of the art QB. Yeah. I, I I wouldn't even like if we're underlining what's gone wrong. I'm having I I have a hard time doing that. Like yeah. Well, uh, let's get into it because I think, unlike Kevin's list of you know the Chicago stories, a lot of these for the Bears at least you have a positive uh, spin to them. At least we can do it, you know, word it that way. Let's talk about um, the one that probably could be ranked number one if we were to rank these. It probably is. I don't know if it's at the top, but it's definitely probably in the top two. But just in general, the regime change. So going all the way back to January of last year, and we're grouping these together, but the firing of Ryan Pace and Matt Nagy and and flipping that into the hiring of Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus, just setting the stage for everything else that's happened this year, charting a new course um, that was badly needed and starting this rebuild, this dead cap year that they have they are now deep into and almost done with, um, it, it was quite a move for yeah. George McCaskey. Not necessarily surprising, but one that had to be done and one that set the stage for pretty much everything else that happened this year. We knew Nagy was on the way out, but pace was a little bit surprising, right? There, there, was, I mean, there was a long time ago, but I 
yes, I'm I'm actually um, thinking about it right now. There was more of a 50-50 feel. Yeah, I would agree To whether with that. or not pay. I remember uh, we were up in Minnesota. So many of these regime changes happen after a game in Minnesota. Uh, we were in Minneapolis having dinner. Uh, it was an emotional week because it was the, the same week that Jeff Dickerson passed. And it's now today's the one-year anniversary, which I think we'll talk about a little bit later. Um, so we're kind of having this emotional dinner, and we're talking about all the firings we're expecting. And I remember it kind of being 50-50 split among the Bears – media about whether or not that was going to happen and I got I got put on the spot that week on some show I was doing and in the end I said yeah I think he is going to be fired I think they're going to clean house but it wasn't it wasn't a foregone conclusion I think after it happened everyone was like oh yeah duh right but it had a different feeling before it was happening there was that whole train of thought well he got Hallis Hall built and the McCaskey family views him as you know an extra grandson or whatever and That's I a, think now what we see... And I wrote a lot of that, by the way. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. but it was part of the calculus And I don't think involved. it was... Un- it, it certainly wasn't untrue. I mean, I think, yeah. you know, I, I think... He t- also drafted Justin Fields. <laughs> he did. <laughs> and Tevin uh, Jenkins. And almost got us Russell Wilson, but that's a different... Yeah. A whole different story. Um, I think now we look back and see what Ryan Poles has done and every, what he's committed to. And moving on from Ryan Pace has really emboldened the franchise to, to be able to do that. You're not tied to any of your, any of your past decisions. You're starting with a clean slate. You're given, you're given that slate to, to draw something on, and, and Poles has taken it. It's, it's weird for me right now remembering it because I, I'm thinking in my head that I was absolutely 1,000% certain they were both getting fired. But now you guys are making me remember that – well, George McCaskey really loves Ryan Pace. And so I was I remember now getting nervous about it. Like they there's no way they're keeping this guy. <laughs> there's absolutely no way that you can go forward with that. But then it was a su- well, a remember, little bit of a surprise remember, when they actually did it. There yeah. was there was conversation about whether or not they would elevate right. yeah, he was, Pace to right. like a president position and bring in a new GM that would handle the roster. And and that th- that's another good remembering for me right now because if I had money at the time to bet on it, I would have bet that he was getting slid somewhere in the organization. No, 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 no. Get out of here. Yeah. Thank you for what you've done, and you will be able to survive in the NFL, but it's not going to be here. Now, quickly after that, you get into the uh, GM search um, where they bring in Bill Polian. A lot of it felt very similar to when they had Ernie Acorsi in here and they ended up with Pace and John Fox. Right. And, um, uh, you know, I think there was a lot of skepticism about how this was going to all play out. They were relatively transparent, though, about who they were interviewing, um, kind of doing <laughs> them at the same time. What are you laughing at? Well, that, I Don't just forget re- I'm remembering the photo of George McCaskey picking up Ryan Poles from the airport. Yes. Yeah. So, but that this is what's interesting is – how this has turned out, remember, Ryan Poles... In, in his Bears jacket. Yes. Yes, classic <laughs> Bears varsity jacket, picking up Poles at the airport. But Human touch. Poles yeah. was scheduled to leave Chicago after a second interview and fly to Minnesota to have a second interview with division rival, the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. And the Bears decided, this is our guy. Let's not let him go. Let's hammer out this contract with Trace Armstrong, his agent. And they managed to do it. And Poles never flew to Minnesota. Minnesota ends up hiring Quasi Adolfo Mensa. 
I had not realized this until a conversation with Paul Charchian on 670 score yesterday as I was filling in. I didn't really pay attention much to the Vikings draft class. It's horrible. <sighs> I mean, they they haven't had any contributions really from their rookie class this year as they're a team that also wanted Justin Fields but didn't move up in the draft the same way the Bears did a year before. The parallels between the Vikings and Bears are going to be tracked. And right now, I think there's a conversation you could have probably for a different day, and maybe we'll have it next week because the Bears play the Vikings. It would make more sense. Yeah. But would you rather be the Vikings at 11-3 and and going into the playoffs or the Bears at 3-11, and or now they're 3-12, 12-3, um, having potentially the number one pick in the draft? That is such a anti. We have no chance in the playoffs. Take because the Vikings literally could win the Super Bowl this year. But I, I still might actually take the Bears because I would bet against Minnesota in the playoffs, and then I'm going to bet against their future. I'm going to bet on the Bears. That's yeah. an interesting conversation. It is. So we'll ha- we'll have more of that uh, next week. But to, to that, that full video. circle, they hire polls. They polls hires Flus over Dan Quinn. And I think if you had to make me choose in that moment which of those two coaches, which we kind of knew at the time were the finalists, which one they would have picked, I think I would have put my money actually on Dan Quinn because it felt like the Bears didn't need another first-time head coach. They needed somebody who had done it before. Um, But he hires Flus. I actually actually did put money on the Bears hiring Avery Flus after kind of like reading up on him, and I looked at him. I said, this is a guy that's totally going to go in there and wow the McCaskies. And I got him at like 14 to 1. And That's a great bet. I <laughs> love it. Started I, off pretty well. I was like, for you. this guy is straight out of central casting. I mean, I, I, obviously the book is still out on whether or not it was a good hire, but, I mean, it's already better than, than the Hackett hire in Denver. Yeah. Um, uh, yes, you know, we've got that maybe one. Maybe not better than the Brian Dable hire so far, but, you know. I think it's still too early to know. But I think there are things to be uh, optimistic about in terms of the foundation that's been laid down, the championship habits, as Flus puts it. Yeah. And I, and I do think that the fact that this team is 3-12 and 12 and there's really been no drama, and you and I have commented every week going into that locker room. Feels like Super Bowl champs. It's I don't been know a about long that. Time, but it's been a long time since there's been an adult in the room. Yeah. At, at you know – leading the Chicago Bears, and it's, it, it feels like we at least we have that. Also, just for the just the name part of it, we fired Matt and Ryan, and we hired Matt and Ryan. Yeah. How, How many you, times have you written Ryan Pace? I don't I, think I've cleaned up. I don't think I've I made don't think the I have mis- either, which is kind of weird. I don't think I've made the mistake yet in anything written. Um, I think maybe twice I've said it out loud where I've okay. accidentally said Ryan Pace instead of Ryan Pohl. You've done a lot of podcasting, so we'll, we'll yeah. give you those. I've done it. Floose is easier because it's like it's just floose. It's floose, yeah. and it's not naggy, and no one right. calls them Matt. But the Ryan Pace, Ryan Pohls thing is different. Every time I say Ryan Pohls, I make sure that I'm saying Ryan Pohls and not Ryan <laughs> Pace because I've done it a hundred times. And that is a good underlining, too, that we don't think about Matt Eberfus. It's, it's the Flues. Yeah. So, the, so the Matt is gone We away. need him to make that, that jump because we do need the Flues' loose shirts. Every pun that you've come up with, we need that the T-shirt. F- the Flusosophy. Flusosophy would be huge outside of Soldier Field next year if they could start 3-0. and Seriously, that right. we could be out there. <laughs> I mean, that's so ridiculous. <laughs> that's the best. Lawrence, you, you uh, came up with it. You should copyright it. Uh, 
sure. Blue philosophy. Uh, we got to keep this moving. I know this podcast is going to take three hours. Um, all right, moving on from the regime change. The big, the big domino that fell first came in March, uh, shortly after we got started here. And um, it was like the second Friday. Yeah, I remember us all of a sudden having to do an emergency podcast. But the Bears traded Khalil Mack to the Chargers. I don't think the trade in itself was surprising. Um, I think we weren't sh- the, But again, at the time, I, I, I think it was a little different because we did hear Flus. One of the first things he talked about was how excited he was to have Cleo Mack and Robert Quinn. <laughs> Turns out he didn't really have either of them. Um, so the big move, just sig- signaling what this season was going to be all about. Bears trading Khalil Mack, taking the dead money, um, the first of many of those types of moves to reset this roster. He adds a second-round pick, um, which ends up becoming Jaquan Brisker later. And this was, you know, a clear message to everyone involved. This is what the 2022 Bears are going to be about. Hit the like button if you enjoyed the Khalil Mack trade in the moment, thinking back on it, or even if you look at it today, you can hit the like button and feel good about it. Yeah? I mean, just hit the like button if you hated it, too. Yeah, but I, yeah. I, I, I'm liking my incentive-like moments here. But it was that moment for me when on the Mack trade, I was like, okay, the Bears hired the right guy. That was, like, I, I enjoy, okay, very good. Let's pick a direction, and let's get whatever we can for our assets that we're not going to win anything with. Good job, Ryan Poles. It felt like they were truly moving on. I mean, obviously, you got, got rid of Pace and Nagy, and, and that was the whole thing, but... But Mac was was so emblematic of, of that four year per, period. We go back to the opening night in Green Bay and what he represented, and all the Mac jerseys we saw. And he seemed like the next great Chicago linebacker. And to see him move on, it was like, okay, that that failed. It sucked. It failed. But at least we're writing it off before, you know, before we can't get anything for him. So. It, That's it, what stood out to me. It you know not huge huge balls, but but took took some gumption. I'm I'm coming in here. I'm trading our best player. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, My I mean, name's Ryan Poles. There's been a lot of big moves by Poles this yep, year. Right? Many of them that are going to be on this list here. Um, and then there's there's some failed moves as well that. That's not necessarily should be considered failures, but just things that almost happened that didn't happen, and a lot of that had to do with the next thing that came on the calendar, which was free agency. And we were sitting here uh, as free agency went live doing this show, and the Larry Ogunjobi <laughs> news came down. Um, and, you know, I thought we were a little skeptical at the time at how much money it was. It seemed like I, – because I don't think we were really expecting him to spend a lot. It wasn't an insane amount of money, but it was like, okay, but, they're you know, they need a three technique for this scheme – Right. And this is the guy they're going for, and they think he's a piece of future. And then a few days later, Ogunjobi Dead. fails his physical, <laughs> basically. <laughs> and um, and I think to Poles' credit, not only how he handled it, but how he explained it later, you know, being very real about it. He sat in the yeah. back of a car with Ogunjobi and tell, told him how heartbroken he was to, that he couldn't give – you know, this guy, the life-changing money that he'd been working for his whole career, and off Larry went. And we didn't know if he could sign later with the Bears for less money, but he ends up in Pittsburgh where he's been solid when healthy but not always healthy. 
And Larry's done okay for himself. He's not twenty six million, but he's made eight million dollars this year. So that's that's. Oh. But but he was. That was a great, a big swing, and then a big miss. And I was actually, I don't want to say happy that it didn't work out, but like, I was I was skeptical that you were spending that level of money on a team that was definitely not built to win. It was kind of confusing at the time. And the Flus comes in here. He thinks he's going to have Khalil Mack. That doesn't happen. All right. Well, at least I'm going to get a three tech. Oh wait. Yeah. Failed physical. Sorry, dude. Have you ever heard of Justin Jones? <laughs> <laughs> He's going to scream at New England and coming up in, into week seven and make some news for Carm CHGO. will be happy once he's interviewing him. Yeah. It'll, and it'll that, be fine. Yeah, and that becomes really a story for agency from that point. A lot of one-year deals, a couple two-year deals. Jones yeah. was one of them. Flus, I got this guy's name. It's Nicholas Morrow. Nicholas Morrow. <laughs> How, you do, you want your, do you want that Matt Adams guy that you've had? Matt Adams. <laughs> Joe Thomas. Uh, Al Quiddin Muhammad. Al Quiddin Muhammad. He's going to wear 55 for us. You'll, he'll be on the field the entire year and you'll never notice him. <laughs> <laughs> I do notice on this list you don't have Byron Pringle doing donuts uh, w- no. with this kid in the back. I guess the offseason arrest could be on there. <laughs> Matt <laughs> Adams, one of those arrests. The Byron Pringle press conference on doing donuts should have made the list. <laughs> that was bizarre. <laughs> That's a bad job by us. It w- no. It's, it's what happened? Nothing. Nothing happened. Why are you smiling so much and giving us three-word answers? And, and why do I feel like I'm in the movie Get Out? It was, it was, it was so that was that was top five strangest moments of the year. The Byron Pringle, uncomfortable. I hate the media, but I'm not going to let you know. But even though I'm letting you know, even though I'm smiling, press conference. Yeah. Can, um, we, can we replay that before the end of the year? No, we cannot. I don't want to. I don't want to relive it. Um, the other. Failed signing was Ryan Bates, the guard from uh, Buffalo, that oh, yeah. was a restricted free agent. That uh, the interesting story with that one was we were with Poles when he found out that the Bills were matching that offer, Just like and he literally phone. didn't know. And we were kind of the ones that informed him, and he was like, "Oh, what, really? Oh, no way!" Yeah, this was at the owners' meetings in in Florida, and so you got the raw reaction of of uh polls being disappointed in so that. he kind of like dropped his head but i forget if it was like he had found out like this like seconds before walking up to us or literally was being informed by us but it was like the raw reaction yeah we talk we talk about amazing. like yeah. uh, well so because th- what happened was i think it was mcdermott was also talking to the buffalo media simultaneously and told them that and so it ended up on twitter and then we were like hey so Sucks she didn't get base. Bates. <laughs> He's like, what? <laughs> yeah, it's Sean McDermott. Just, or or, or, um, the, or Brandon Bean might have done it, the GM there. Wh- whatever. That was yeah, going yeah. outside. Sorry, what were you going to say, Kev? We talk about, like, so many things going right in 2022, but in his private moments, do you think Pace is at least a little disappointed that some, like, more things haven't been put in place in 2022? He just did it. What? He called him Pace. I don't Yes. Yes. Dude, Join the club. I spoke it's all right. it into you existence. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, it's where's okay. the jar? Give me the. <laughs> it's sure hard, man. Yeah, yeah. Anyhow, well, Pace is probably also disappointed, but yes. you think Poles is? Um, I don't know. I think I, I think it's still, as we continue to talk about these storylines, comes down to the quarterback, right? And most of that. Right. I think he's probably happy. With the Ogan Joby thing, I don't know about Bates. Bates has been starting for them, though. I mean, mm-hmm. he's been fine. 
I took the Bates. Th- I mean, the Bates thing would have been good for the Bears, but yeah. uh, I mean, I'm assuming it would have been. But I, I took that as a feather in Poles' cap, too, because he identified somebody who was underpaid, and the Bills were like, okay, fine, you're right, we'll pay him and keep him. That, yeah. you know, I, right. I, I didn't think it was a terrible moment. I thought it was a good moment. But yeah. I think we need more Poles cam. I haven't seen him on camera enough, but like every time they show him, he looks like he's constipated up there. Like he does not look like he's having a whole lot of fun this year. Oh, Don't well, you think? Like he's always I think like, he does want to win these games like as the games are going on. I, d- I don't believe that. Well, that's not the stories we've heard from the press box and like his reaction when things don't go well. Maybe that's okay he pro- I, I i don't want to say the guy's faking his reactions cuz he's probably not but i but there's but I'll, i think at the end of the day when he when he gets to that the poles pillow at night <laughs> i sh- <laughs> yes yeah. it, it, I, you really struggle with this like this it's, idea it's, it's, the, they're like the fans you're not actively rooting against the Bears I'm not during the, the three I'm not, hours the game's going I, on, not, and I don't think the GM is either. I, I'm agreeing with you. I don't think that he, during, <laughs> in the moment that he is, I think he wants to win the football game. I would agree. However, I do. Li- I like to think that when, again, when the polls pillows hit, like, oh, okay, we're fine. Yes. Like, this is, you know, this Which is su- the answer to Kevin's question. This like, sucks right now, but it's, yeah. you know, for the future, I'm good. Which I, did, did we answer, did we answer that question? Yeah. No, but he, you're, uh, you think that he's more having some regrets. I don't know if there's regrets, but it's like, okay, well, I wish, you know, like, I mean, I, it's, it's a different story because Ogan Joby hasn't, you know, gone to Pittsburgh and, you know, become an absolute wrecker. So it's going to happen. So maybe you feel like you, you, you did dodge a bullet there. I mean, I, I don't know. But, yeah. we, you know, we, we've talked all year long, even though that these were one year deals and that they were flyers on, on some of these receivers and defensive linemen. To have none of them flash and be like, okay, here's a piece that we're going to have for the next five that's years. Fair. Yeah, That's got to be somewhat of a letdown. That, that's that's fair. Well, and I do wonder specifically about the Claypool trade. Oh, that's yeah. another one. And where he's at. at and the Bayless pick. Yeah. That's another one. Which brings us to our next story. Uh, the NFL draft, Ryan Poles, uh, to his credit, turned uh, a lack of picks, a lack of a first-round pick into a le- 11 picks by the end of the weekend. Um, which was actually pretty impressive. and uh, But I think the biggest story there was that the top two picks on day two in the second round were uh, defensive players, not yeah. offensive players. And we sat here on draft night. We were a little surprised by that, but also kind of liked the picks at the same time. Kyler Gordon and Quan Brisker have been, I think at this point, successful draft picks. Um, at least you're encouraged about them going forward. But then the third round pick coming in the same night turned out to be Valish Jones, and uh, Will Dewitt loved the pick. The rest of us were like a little skeptical, <laughs> kind of a gimmicky guy. Will's catching strays. You loved that pick, Will Dewitt. He's, he did. <laughs> he, he was very. Well, and do you remember Nick? Nick took a victory <laughs> lap because he actually mocked uh, Kyler Gordon to the Bears at that pick. That's right. And then you were pretty happy with Risker. Yeah. Even though he was a Wisconsin record the year before. Yeah. Yeah, um, he, uh, he was. But, um, you know, and, and I think just to add the amount of guys later, which we'll still find out how impactful that is. That uh, Saturday was a lot of fun because how many I, – I forget how many picks they had going into the day, and we thought it was going to be a pretty easy day. 
and then everything just got crazy. Yeah, I want to say it was four turned into eight. Something like Sounds that. Sounds about right. Yeah. I, I remember in my prior CHGO life going in to do the WGN radio draft show on Saturday and Ed Obradovich having an absolute meltdown that they, <laughs> that they, that they had not drafted an offensive lineman. Yeah. And I'm like, I promise you they're going to draft some. And then they drafted 800 of them. And <laughs> to his credit, yeah. Braxton Jones, at least for one, has worked out, I think, better than anybody could have ever expected. Um, That's probably the biggest feather. How in many of the eleven cap. do you think you could name without looking? Of the draft picks? Yeah, you think you name all eleven? No way. Um, I know I couldn't. I think so. <laughs> uh, well, we know the first three. So then there's Braxton Jones. Nope, you jumped one. No, they didn't have a fourth round pick. Well, I'm not. He didn't say do them in order. He just said name them. Okay, Hold on, keep I'm, going. I'm calling it up. Braxton Jones. Um, uh, Zach Thomas was the guy who's not on the team anymore. Dom Dominique was, Robinson. Well, I think was taken ahead of Braxton, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, Elijah Hicks, Trenton Gill. You said Jatiri Carter? Jatiri Carter. I had not named that one yet. Uh, back-end offensive lineman. There's another offensive lineman we're missing. Tristan Ebner. Jakar Tarter, Carter. We did that one. Uh, Doug Kramer. Doug, Doug Kramer. Kramer. Doug Kramer. So, like, Doug Kramer was the guy that popped in my head, and I couldn't think of his name. So I'm like, wait, I don't think I could yeah. remember half of these guys. Yep, did, did. Now that I want to look at that. That was all of them, though. Yeah. If you couldn't remember his name, what, did what pop you in said your Hicks? head? You Unders- said yeah. Undersized Delicious. center. Okay. Did undersized center pop in your head? Who was the undersized center from Illinois? ILL. I wanted to see Doug Kramer play this year. It's too bad that he he he, fla- and he flashed it. Zach one, Thomas, the one person not on that draft list, but who we're gonna get there later. Okay, so he gets his own separate story. That guy. Dun, um, dun, dun, dun. But first, because uh, we got a lot more stories to get through, um, the ComEd Energy Efficiency Program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities we serve save money and energy. Uh, ComEd offers free facility assessments that can help find energy-saving opportunities, whether it's lighting, HVAC systems, commercial kitchen equipment, or industrial processes. Uh, here's how this works. An authorized engineer will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs. These can be done in person or virtually and last approximately two hours. Then within three to four weeks, customers will receive a report detailing energy efficiency projects that they can start working on immediately. Each recommendation will include estimated energy savings, cost savings, project costs, potential incentives, and simple payback. Don't wait. Get started saving money and energy today for energy saving tips and to schedule your free facility assessment, go to comed.com slash powering biz. If you're ready to sign up for a facility assessment, call comed at one 433 2700 during normal business hours to speak with a comed energy efficiency program representative. Email business at comed.com or request an assessment online on our website at comed.com slash facility assessment. Get your good eats and good health on by Hitting up our friends at Greenridge Farm, Chicago's local meat and cheese company, offering you a better all-natural option. That's what you need. That's what you love. All-natural deli meat, sausages, their famous meat sticks, of course, perfect for tailgating, happy hour, sitting around doing nothing. It's all there for you. All-natural meat sticks, 16 grams of protein per stick. How do you do this? 
You go to greenridgefarm.com. You order any three meat products, and any three of them that you pick are going to be absolutely delicious. And then you include a pack of meat sticks in your cart, and those meat sticks are coming to you for free when you use the code CHGO. This is a great thing to do for your food life. And by the way, if you don't want to order at GreenRidgeFarm.com, then look for them in your refrigerated section, Costco's, Sam's Club, any local Chicagoland grocery store. GreenRidge Farm, pick it up, put it in your cart, take it home, eat it, you'll love it, and think of CHGO when you do it because we love you. GreenRidgeFarm.com. Oh, I love Green Ridge Farm. Mm. I love Green Ridge Farm. I love Green Ridge Farm. All right. Um, now, moving on to training camp. I think Roquan Smith and Family Day certainly ends up in the list of biggest stories of the year. And really, the consequences of it, it really shifted everything. I think all of us, when Roquan Smith held out at the beginning of camp, we're not necessarily surprised by it. We thought the two sides would eventually come to an agreement. We were a little skeptical if it would actually happen before the season, but we never, I don't think I ever envisioned a scenario in which Roquan Smith was going to demand trade, let alone do it in the way that he did it by calling out polls publicly in a statement for not negotiating in good faith, going above him to the ownership over his head to say only ownership can fix this. And I think it really changed the whole tune of everything and was ultimately the biggest reason why Roquan Smith was traded. It's an interesting ending to what you just said as far as that was the biggest reason because I do wonder if he was the perfect citizen if we would still have ended up at this point. I certainly hope that we would have, that he's not that it wasn't based on Roquan acting out because that would be super short-sighted. But to the overall point, that was an absolutely enormous day. And... It did not feel good, and it still doesn't feel great right now, honestly, for me. But Also in camp, um, that's worth mentioning as one of the biggest stories of the year to me is what Tevin Jenkins dealt with, kind of surviving camp, the trade rumors involving him that he recently spoke out about and was like, yeah, I didn't know if you know we are going to move from problem child to hero. Move, and then he emerges as a starting right guard and has a great year. Oh. Te- Tevin has been one of the better stories of the whole season. I mean, really. Yeah. And I, I don't know if he's going to play again this year, but even if he doesn't. Uh, Sound like he wanted to play last week. So I wouldn't be surprised if he plays this week. I, Yeah. An injury report will be interesting today. But Roquan, he just, it just seemed like, okay, we're going to build around fields on the offensive side of the ball. And Roquan is the, the cornerstone and the soul of that defense. And, yeah, you, you're able to kind of – probably move on from what he does at that price. Um, it's something the Bears don't want to tackle, but I do think it creates a little bit of a void in leadership on that on that side of the ball, and I don't think we've really figured out who's going to really take that mantle quite yet. Yeah. And I guess it's probably Eddie Jackson. Yeah. yeah. Yep, he's tried to step into it, but... Well, but how long is Eddie Jackson going to be here? Eddie I think Jackson's Jalen Johnson prob- yeah. is another guy, I think... Um, I think somebody like Jaquan Brisker could quickly emerge as, you know, a young captain type on the defense. And I, and I think the answer to that question is probably guys that aren't even on the team. Yep. You know, some big acquisition in the offseason. Comes in with credibility and work ethic that 
the younger guys look up to? Yeah, we need a good player with a voice to emerge yeah. there. Like Justin Jones is a talker, but that's doesn't ha- he doesn't have the chops to be that guy. And the Brisker one's interesting, but he's he's quiet, right? I mean, I don't see him being. May- maybe it's different by him, you know, when it's just them. But I can't see him being a super vocal dude, at least not yet. Maybe Sam he can Board grow into. Seems real young in that. that Sam Board's not. Yeah, I don't yeah. think so. So yeah. Um, as the season approached, uh, two big pieces of news came down uh, that, um, one, I don't know if it's got enough attention, quite frankly, but Ted Phillips announcing that he was going to retire in 2023. Um, I mean, this is a big thing. It's a big storyline for the offseason. Who's going to be the next team president? Who charts the course of this franchise? As And then this is kind of re- – uh, I think these two can kind of go hand in hand, but then right after that, the Bears – revealed actual visual plans for the Arlington Heights Stadium project. And, boy, what a day that was to go out there in our, at Hersey High School and hear the whole presentation, which was very impressive, more impressive than probably realistic. And, um, you know, it was just interesting to hear, like, the it, like the Bears acting like uh, a professional NFL franchise. It was, it was a, a very happy day when the Ted Phillips retired. <laughs> very happy day on Twitter when he announced <laughs> his retirement. It was. Yeah. It, it was, and then it just kind of disappeared, I feel like. Yeah. Haven't heard from him at all this season. It's kind of underrated that. that was, it, I actually had one of my biggest tweets of the year that, that day. This was my favorite, one of my favorite tweets. Ted Phillips' reign atop the Bears spanned five U.S. presidents and produced three playoff victories. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's outstanding. And uh, that night in Arlington Heights was the first time that we ever got to do a remote experience with Greg Braggs. That's right. Which, I mean, let's be real. That's what a g- night. I mean, that's a top five experience. The way Braggs was able to peruse and make friends at Hersey High School. And have his laptop open to his the Bills la- Rams game. Right, had had the ability to watch football and half pay attention to the press conference. It I was still love that the Bears did that the night of the season opening. You All guys right. were there the whole time. I remember seeing a yeah. picture of you. I was very intrigued by it. I came oh, that, in the that, next that, that, that was the picture. You were like you were doing the um the Simpsons guy, I forgot his name, doing the like this. And you were Carm made fun of me the entire next day on the show for yeah. how into it I was. Lenny. Carm was Lenny, asleep. Yeah. It was so Carm was asleep ten minutes into it. It was so unbelievably boring. But like Hogue came in there and the media was asked to sit in the last row. Hogue's like, Yeah, no, I'm not sitting <laughs> back here. <laughs> <laughs> we're we're going we're going at least midway up. Braggs, who, you know, was not technically a part of the standard Bears media had already gotten his seat up there, so we, so we sat with Gregory and his TV, um, and Hogue paid attention, and I fell asleep. Yeah, twenty twenty three is going to be, I think, produce a lot more headlines, <laughs> in our, within Arlington Heights and yeah. and the team. It seemed like twenty twenty two like was actually pretty low key in terms of this, like the, a lot of the legal stuff had already been taking place, but now it's like all right, they have the plan. Now they got to figure out who's going to pay for it. Well, that's, and that's still on the table that maybe the biggest headline ends up being that it's not happening. Because they could still get out of the purchase. They haven't. Well, they haven't closed on the property yet. Right. And, and they said it, that was it early. Certainly seems like with what was the representative last week that 
put out that statement just ripping the Bears for asking for public mo- money. Right. And I don't know that it's a, it's a done deal that they're going to get. And it sure seems like the Bears are trying to line up what they need before they actually close on the property. Uh, so. I'm texting the mayor's office right now again. <laughs> How are we looking? Do you know who Jack Sanborn is? How are we looking for doing something early? That, that's in the how year? they'll respond. Yeah. All right. Um, now we get into the stadium a little bit. Our biggest stories from actually in the stadium, and I, and we got to mention Week One, the QB slide. It started a revolution. It started a great shirt. Most popular you, shirt you see on uh, our screen with with Io wearing it. Um, what a day in hindsight! One of the Bears' three wins of the season. Amazing day. And they were 1-0. Like, to put that in perspective, the Bears at one point were undefeated. Top of the NFC North. Just undefeated. Biblical rain. Biblical amounts of rain. We were trying to get a tailgate together for that week one. It didn't come together in time. Thank goodness. Thank God. Thank God. (laughs) So much rain. I remember we were sitting here doing pregame, and it was just like raining in here. Just yeah. Poor. You could hear it on the roof, and I thought the roof was going to cave in. It was <laughs> raining so hard. Um, and the Bears win. So, you know, game. great feel-good memory from early in the season. The, the slide was unbelievable. You, I started dreaming at that point of the miracle playoff run. They were 1-0, then they were 2-1. They were 2-1, too. And, the, and then they were 3-4, yeah. and, and I still had hope, and I was – I think – check the tape i believe i said something around that time about a five game win streak oh god you did i did that was a bad five day. game win streak yeah i felt it, it should have been a 10 game losing streak you were talking about instead <laughs> we got what turned out to be maybe the pivotal moment of the season that i think in hindsight you can wonder what do the bears do differently if the result was different but to me the thursday night loss to the Washington Commanders at Soldier Field was the worst loss of the season. Uh, a debacle in the way that, to the Bears' credit, I think for the most part this year, like the games they've lost, you kind of see them coming. They kind of go the way you thought. Not necessarily their fault because of the way they played. It's just sort of the talent and the roster. But that was the one game where it was like they made mistake after mistake after mistake. And it all ended with Darnell Mooney dropping a game-winning touchdown pass on the yeah. last play of the game, um, which I think technically went down as a catch, but he was short of the goal line because he bobbled it. So it's, you know, essentially. After, after Dante Pettis was interfered with on third down, but keep going. So then we get to this mini buy, and I think it's fair to wonder, like, I still think the Bears make the scheme changes they do. But do they do it with the same urgency? Bye weeks feel different when you lose versus when you win. Mm-hmm. And I do think that there's a different urgency in there. Um, and the Bears come back with, like, this whole new look. Justin Fields' season from that point on is much different. And I think when you not only factor in the draft pick, obviously, but just what that loss sparked in terms of changes I think that ended up being maybe the most important game of the season. Luke Getze started to come out of his shell after the commander's loss. Yeah. And he denied, by the way, that they 
no, we're not stealing everything from the Ravens. We're not doing that. Uh, okay. Whatever you're doing, it looks a whole lot different. Congratulations. We all of a sudden are starting to breathe because the quarterback doesn't look like he looked against the commanders. And it wasn't, and Fields at the end did put him in position to win, but he doesn't look like he looked against the Houston Texans when it was very much in doubt that the Bears had an actual quarterback. They figured it out. That was, I think, I mean, I think it's an absolute worthy underlining because that was a, that was a definite, Something switched, and all of a sudden, the Bears have become uh, an organization that has a future. And let's get to these last few stories before we get to Nick, um, who's standing by at House Hall. But um, so, sort of related to this, but in the coming weeks after that mini buy, Justin Fields arrives. This has to be the number one story of the year, the way it's played out. I so think it's if, number one on my list of Chicago sports stories. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it is. It, it is everything. I think we sort of forget that we were a little bit. Panic mode. Yeah. That did that Houston Texans win felt like a loss. Yep. And our post game show was very negative for good reason. There were some concerning signs there. And all of a sudden, coming out of that mini buy, you got the win over the Patriots. Things started to look good. But it was really the next two weeks after that, he plays well against the Cowboys in a loss, one of the more lopsided losses the Bears have been in this year. Mm-hmm. But he played really well. Is that the one we, we deemed a moral victory and everyone got mad at us? Was that uh, the Cowboys? I, th- I think so. Yeah. I mean, there, there were was a couple moral victories. That, like, t- to me, like, the, my favorite game of the year was probably the Dolphins game, well, even though they lost. And if you're going to pick a single game to kind of say this is the moment Justin arrived, to me it's that game. He broke the single game right. rushing record for a quarterback in that game with 178 yards. Um, was, that may have been the week that Danny Parkins threw a party on uh, – you know, the, the score following a loss. Um, yeah. it, but it really, you were looking for a multiple-week validation of what you had seen. And after three straight weeks of him looking like that, mm-hmm. it was like, okay, I think this is for real. Yeah. He he ran for the 178 that you just underlined. Then he went for 147 the next week against the, the Lions. Lions. And the bad interception that came right back with, with the touchdown run. And now, and Cairo Santos missed an extra point, and they lost by one. Then he ran for 85 the next week in a three-point loss to Atlanta and, and hurt his shoulder. Seems like after the Atlanta loss, at that point, everyone kind of moved on to, like, all right, let's just kind of lose as many as we can. Yeah. Although I was pretty angry when they lost to the Packers. We remember that just because it's the Packers, but. Well, the Atlanta loss had the Fields injury, and that's when, right. you know, Bragg started losing his mind about playing him ever again. I think well, I think Braggs is okay if Fields just retires. <laughs> just we got our quarterback. We get happen. <laughs> don't get hurt. Wrap him in bubble wrap. Never play him again. Oh, Bra- Braggs says the moral victory game was the Minnesota game. I don't know. That was way, that was before the Washington. He played better in that game, but I don't. Yeah, I don't think we said that was a moral victory. I don't think that was a. Amir Smith Marseille. I think it said it. On, it says it on our thumb. So if we go back in the YouTube archive, I think it might have so. actually been. Uh, is it the Minnesota game? I think it shouldn't have been though. To me, it was the Cowboys Dolphins back to back. Yeah, but in the Minnesota game, he crossed over 200 yards for the first time, and they had the ball in the fourth quarter, and they were driving. And he and scored, he th- and then it was called back by that guy from the Iowa Hawkeyes, whose name we won't. Mention. Oh, it was his yeah. first. It was his first yeah. good game of the year. Yeah, and Amir Smith Marset, and yeah, and Amir Smith Marset had the ball ripped from him. Your guy. That was my guy. That was. 
first locker room crush of the year. Craig <laughs> says, I forget nothing. <laughs> ISM indeed, William He's Kane. Like an elephant. Who's been on fire all day in the, with his comments, by the way. Uh, yeah. Okay. Final two stories then. Uh, obviously, the trade deadline then, which was the culmination. They trade Roquan Smith. They trade Robert Quinn a week prior to the deadline. And then they add Chase Claypool, which was surprising after they had traded those guys away. Now they turn one of those second-round picks into Chase Claypool. Um, obviously one of the big stories of the year. Probably the number one criticized move at this point. Questionable move of the season. I know, far from being finished. Yeah, it's not going to be a fun time when the Ravens come on the clock at Whatever, 33 or 34, 35. Or 32, yeah. right, potentially? It could potentially be 32. <laughs> Not going to be fun. Yeah. That was, that was our most watched live show of the year when they traded for Claypool. That's also when they almost traded David Montgomery, if you listen to Greg Braggs. <laughs> uh, we have a lot to debate this offseason, but it would be so much better if we were like, all right, who are we taking at number one or number two? Who are we taking, like... Yeah, I'm still annoyed that that was yeah. the pick. I know they had to because of the Packers, but it was, I don't know. It is Very what annoying. it is. Hey, maybe they'll add more picks somehow. I don't know who they trade away they're, at this point, but it's true. They're no. trading out, baby. But we probably that would probably won't happen until pretty close to dra- – so it's not that like we have the entire offseason to, okay. to debate it. All Should right. Be all right? And then final – It's going to be great. Okay. Final story before we get to Nick here. Jack Sanborn becomes the sand god. In the wake of Roquan Smith getting traded, Sanborn gets thrown in there as the Mike linebacker. I don't know what Carm's doing right now, but I'm just saying it's like, oh, he was born. He sandborned. <laughs> and then he became a god. <laughs> and, then, and then you bought this jersey. Brought it in here, and he immediately got hurt and is out for the year. I didn't know it was still here. You, hey, you're coming back. You didn't Don't, know it was still here, didn't you? Probably, you probably paid like $100 for that. I did, but I just forgot about it. I forgot to text you last night. Jack Sanborn's little brother made a tackle for the Badgers, and all I was picturing was Mark Carmen going. Sanborn's got a little brother on the San, badge? Sanborn with the tackle. We got to go Sanborn, too. When's he eligible? When, when's, he, when's he in the draft? Let's go. I don't even think he starts for them. He plays on special teams. Doesn't matter. He's yeah. got the last name. We didn't. We could have been Roquan and Sanborn. We'll go. Hey, about, but if we're going to get Sanborn and Sanborn, I'll completely stamp two that trade. Two Sand Gods two on the same sand, team? Two Sand Gods would be wow. amazing. That would be crazy. If you could have gotten both Watt brothers, you would have done that. Yeah. So. There we go. There you go. Uh, but a significant story nonetheless. Because Jack Sanborn looks like your starting middle linebacker going forward. As far as on the field, he's the second best story on the team. Fields one, Sanborn two. Would anybody ever do that? Then Tevin. I would. I think I'd put Sanborn ahead of Tevin just because Tevin still has the health concerns. Yeah, I agree. Tevin's like, who's the bigger lock to be part of this thing going forward? Sand God. Yeah. Probably. (laughs) I think he is. Yeah. I don't know if he's a bigger story than Tevin because Tevin's a big story considering the lack of offensive. You put him in front of like Brisker and Gordon. Yeah, I agree. That's the back end guy. I think Brisker. I think Brisker has some competition for. Uh, the top of that Brisker's list. in there. Brisker's yeah. in that. Now we're we're in the knit of the pick. It's good that there's. You guys missed the biggest story. Oh God! The birth of CHGO Bears becoming the place for Damn Bears right. talk. Damn right. We couldn't have done that without Sanborn too. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> so, somehow. I mean, I think we did, but we, we actually we did. 
Sandborn wasn't even on the team when we launched. Right. But we knew that Sandborn was going to be there at some point. <laughs> Deep down somewhere. All right. Uh, you're right. That was the, the biggest bear story of the year. CHGO Bears here. We're not going away, damn it. All right. Uh, Nicholas Moriano is at Hal's Hall right now. We should bring him in and uh, figure out what the updates are from Hal's Hall. What we know. Nick, what do you got for us, buddy? What's up, Nick? What's going on, you guys? Real quickly, all I heard was Mark got the Jack Sanborn jersey. He gets injured the next, uh, you know, the next time. That's like on Will level. Every single jersey that Will has gotten, that player has gotten injured. I don't like this uh, this kind of consistent we have here at CHGO with guys getting jerseys and then guys getting hurt. So I think that that's where it ends with the jerseys. What's the guys. percentage where a jersey purchase actually pays off? Like, it's not very high. I'm two for two on my Blackhawks jerseys. Okay. Dennis Savard, legend. Never going to not be thought of as a Blackhawk in my eyes. Did you buy that after he retired? Yeah. Well, I mean, he might have still You're not two for that. two. That doesn't count. He might have still. I don't know. He might actually. I don't know. I got it. I'm two, I'm two I, for two. I, I, I bought, bought a Hall of Famer's no. jersey. Bought, Holy well, cow, yeah. it hit. I'm going to buy an MJ. No, but that's the point. Is Here's I the thing, bought though. A jersey with the way that, that even legends are canceled these days, you, you could buy a legends true. jersey, and then you, yeah. you, true. you still don't know if that's going to. Anyways, him and Taser, done. I believe in your philosophy, by the way. It's I'm going to buy philosophy. it. Yeah, the, 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 the Fluce Lawrence philosophy that you, you buy it when you know for sure, therefore it's a, it's a worthy investment. It's a smarter move. But the stud is the person that does what Kadok's talking about, which had a content, Kevin Kadok, who, who, uh, <laughs> <laughs> who I saw Chad earlier. That was funny about that. Uh, you know, you can identify a rookie, make a move. Yeah. And you ride it out. Sure. You, you, you know, you, you, you called your shot. I bought the Taves jersey pretty early on, so I felt good about that. But, yeah. I, 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 like, I don't think that was a risk. I mean, no. At that point, he was a captain. Yeah. Like, uh, What about my Adam Burris jersey? Great jersey. That's I mean, a loser. He, he won a cup, so. That's yeah. Love, love Burris. And he's a badger. And he's a badger. Mm, that's it's really the motivation. All right, anyways. Love Adam Burris. Okay, Nick's still here. Hi, Nick. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think your point was valid, though, and and – Stop buying jerseys. Buy l- fewer jerseys, buy more CHGO gear at the CHGO locker would be my advice. All right, Nick, what else you got for us? Yeah, real quickly, you guys, Matt Eberflus, Justin Fields spoke today, and we talked a lot yesterday about Matt Eberflus and the value he puts in these last two games and what he really thinks. Honestly, you guys, I think that he's looking at these two games as not, not must-wins, but there's so much to gain. And Justin Fields actually talked about that too, but he said with these final two games, you get to see one going up against a divisional opponent for the second time, but a lot of development can happen in these games and evaluation of a lot of players on this roster. And he mentioned that Detroit right now is looking to right the ship after getting completely dominated by the Carolina Panthers. He wants the Bears to kind of replicate that same mindset to be able to right the ship and wants them to learn, again, we've heard this all season, how to finish games and execute in those crucial moments. So kind of going back to the importance of these last two games, and he said, well, how do you do that, essentially? How do you execute in these these crucial moments? And it's if it's beyond talent, what does it take? And he said it's about scheme, having players in the right position, and again, going back to his favorite phrase about executing, and you have to do that in practice first. But he does put value in uh, the last two games and what can be gained out of them. 
and he was talking about like, hey, there's going to be different combinations, but with a lot of guys in IR, how creative can he get with that? Well, he did throw in a, a, a wrinkle about Justin Jones. Like he has been playing that three tech, but maybe seeing him at end could be something that the Bears kind of look at in these final two games, but just seeing some change-ups because there are a lot of guys injured and there's only so much you can do with uh, the players that are available up to this point. He also mentioned um, he was asked about like Justin Fields and being with constant rotation of players due to injury, young guys. There's a lot of, lot of fluctuation happening with Justin Fields, but when you're the quarterback, he said, you're going to have adversity. So um, Fields and the coaches have to figure out how to put Fields in the best position possible when he doesn't have that starting offensive line that he normally would have. When the wide receivers, your number one, two, and three are not out there in the game like against the Bills, how does he adjust to that? And so far, um, Iberflu said he's done a good job with it. But that's a part of the process of being able to adapt to what you kind of have at that given moment. So um, Iberflu, again, sees value in, in putting his player like Justin Fields in a position that maybe isn't the most ideal, but he still sees uh, a value in it. He was also asked real quickly about Travis Gibson, who has been a disappointment up to this point, but he still thinks he has the body type, has played the run better as of late. He's been close. I know we mentioned that, you know, on yesterday's show, he's been close, but he's pleased with where he's been with, with pressures. He just needs to learn again, how to finish and execute. And then uh, real quickly going to Justin Fields, he was asked about his foot, how it was feeling. He said it's swollen. It was swollen after the game, but he said it's fine now. And then the shoulder, he still has that shoulder injury, you guys. He said it hasn't affected him too much. Certain things will affect him, like spreading full speed and being able to use that arm to produce more power with running. But for the most part, he said it hasn't affected his game and what he's able to do on the field. But there are certain movements that still will, will linger. And he knew that coming into um, you know, this game, obviously, and when he got the injury, that certain things will um, hurt him there. And then, obviously, we heard about the mess charge and how defenses are kind of playing him a little differently. Um, he hasn't seen it all too much. But in that read option play, it's like the DN's either going to take him or the running back. So he knows that's going to be coming from defenses. But in these last two games, he's noticed like, yes, the, the Eagles spied him with a nickel cornerback. The Bills used Tremaine Edmonds for the Bills. So there's been some different people and different um, players that have been used to try and stop Justin Fields. And you're kind of seeing defenses adapt to that. Um, and then kind of just going through the list of things that were also mentioned here um, with Fields. Obviously, going to Ohio State, he was asked, hey, are you going to watch the game or with, with Ohio State-Georgia, right? And uh, Justin Fields' sister actually is a softball player in the Georgia Bulldogs team. So it's like, who's your family going to be rooting for? He doesn't even know at this point. So he's kind of, you know, seeing how that's going to play out on, uh, you know, when the game is being played. But uh, obviously, Fields also was at Georgia. So it's a little uh, family dynamic there of who's – who's going to be rooting for who and what's going to happen um, when those college football games happen. So we're all Big Ten alums here. You guys root for Ohio State? No. I hate no, Ohio no. State. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah. Are they the only Big Ten team? No. Do you root for Michigan? No. I don't like Michigan, but my mm-hmm. hatred for Ohio State is way I like hard. Harbaugh, so I, I probably root for Michigan. Well, I can't stand Harbaugh. Whatever. I, yeah. He, he drinks. I'm rooting for Kentucky. I like Harbaugh. I don't. Whatever, man. You, you like Harbaugh because of his Bears tenure or because of his personality? I need an explanation. Bears. Bears. Okay. Bears. Bears. I do like. I do like that he was. You know, he got through finally against the Buckeyes. 
after being like one and eight against yeah. them in Michigan State. Should have been fired. Whatever. You're, Luke, you Luke Fickle's I, taking I don't over. Wanna, I don't want to rate on your Harbaugh parade, but the, I would I would root for <laughs> Iowa though if if they were in the oh, uh, come on in the Big Four. What kind of look is that? I hate I, I hate the SEC more than I hate you can. Iowa's been in the Big Ten championship. It's the worst boring game ever. Well, no, no. If they were in if they were in this uh, oh both whatever. If you didn't root for Iowa over Alabama, like, serious? Come on, I man. Probably would. Come on, man. <laughs> I'd probably. Here, time out, you guys. Uh, with the Iowa thing, like they're going to play in the Music City Bowl against Kentucky. Huge. Mark, you and I, we would both be rooting for Iowa normally, but I think we're going to root for Kentucky because of Will Levis. You know, you want him to have a good game, get that okay. draft stock Here, going yeah. up, you know, trade up to get uh, a quarterback for one of these QB needed teams. I'm rooting for Kentucky. I'm sorry, Iowa Hawkeyes. Go Will Levis. Also, maybe I, they'll fire Ferentz's kid. I mean, they won't. Yes. Maybe they yes. will. But that'd be fantastic. Won't. No, and I've got Big Ten pride. I like when you see, hey, the Big Ten is seven and zero in bowls this year. I get, I get sad when it's like, oh, every Big Ten team was eliminated the first day of the tournament, tournament, which is what usually happens these days. But the tournament's painful when they just yeah. go out like nothing. But we're used to that, and I don't care about the Music City Bowl, Iowa versus Kentucky, class of uh, whatever I am over Great here. Great bowl game. Northwestern was played Kentucky, and it. it was a fun game. Fitz went for 24-23 winner. He went for it on fourth down like every time the entire game, including at the end to win it. The days when Northwestern made oh, wow, bowl games. Northwestern is Yeah, very it was like two years ago. Four bowls in a row, <laughs> Kevin. They're winning them, too. You cat fan you that you're containing over there. Yeah, All right, Nick, anything else from Hal's? Did, hey, did, did Fields, was he limping when he walked up there? Give me a, just a temperature take on the Fields' mood. Was he in a good mood? Was he quiet, Fields? Uh, he was in a so-so mood. Uh, he wasn't um, in a bad mood, I would say. He didn't have a limp or anything walking up to the podium. So I think signs are looking looking forward and about to head to practice so I can uh, maybe uh, give you more updates after that. But, yes, yeah, so-so. Come on, Nick. Carm needs something more to read into. He needs to know yeah, the mood. We didn't get the, yeah, we didn't get the, um, the news that you were hoping for, Mark, but there's always tomorrow, right? Yeah. No, All right. No. Get out to practice. That. Thanks, Nick. That that ship has sailed. It's All over. right, let's get to these super chats before we get out of here. Steve B says it's always great when Nick is on the the pod. I agree, Steve. We love Nick, and we love you now too, Steve. Thank you for the super chat. Appreciate it. Uh, we also have uh, the Duke coming in nineteen ninety nine. CHO need to burn sage chakra. Chakra expert come in, get a priest to do an exorcism, do all the things to remove the curse, get it done before next season. That's You're talking about the right, yeah, yeah. Oh, the Sanborn curse, the Jersey, do, the Jersey do, curse, the Jersey curse. Do, but like we, if we put it around the chakra and the sage and the and the incense burner uh, that my dad had in his bathrobe, if you can go back a couple podcasts, can we? Yeah. It'll, the Jersey then is fine, right? I think you're absolutely right, Duke. And by the way, we owe you lunch or something. We want to meet you in person somewhere because you've really been an incredible super chatter, and we appreciate you. Merry, 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 happy New Year to the Duke. I still can't believe you bought that. It's not, it's not cheap to get one of those customized jerseys. I think it kind of is. This one no, was, it's not. Was that from the Sport Mart? Because they don't just sell Sanborn jerseys. You have to like go listen, in and select the player. I, and I, ha- I had to uh, d- I had to dial into my driving Uber money to afford the Sanborn, and it was worth it. Okay. It was worth it to put them on IR. Should we start videoing my Uber driving? And 
You're, you're Uber driving? You're, you're driving? You're uh, an Uber it, driver? In, this is some news. In my, in my head, I am, I've got a content idea that I, ha- I have my, the car I'm Uber, and the, and the video is going. Cash cab, no. basically, is your idea? One of the Ponce brothers already yeah, did Phil this. Phil Ponce, like, yeah. uh, retired and started Uber driving during the pandemic or before the pandemic. I'm no, more, it was one of his sons. I forget which one. There are oh, a yeah. lot of Ponces. That's yeah. fine. You're telling me that Phil Ponce stole my idea? Yeah. Channel 11 Ponce? <laughs> no, no. His other son, not Dan. Anthony? Anthony. Anthony Ponce? Those are pretty good. I, he I listen stopped to working in TV and did this like yeah. Uber driving where he was like filming it. And it, it was like. And what happened? I don't think it went well. It didn't go well? I don't think it worked. And now is Carm going to turn this into the after dark like taxi cab? Why couldn't we like, do after dark here? from the cab, from the Uber? <laughs> Get Braggs in there. <laughs> All right. Hold on. We got a couple more Super Chats. This is a Braggs in the back seat talking to whoever gets in. What's up, man? No? <laughs> Rise and shine. Rise and shine. Taxi cab time. It's, you're in the, you're in the C-H-E-O, Bert. Are you a bear? in the U-B-E-R. <laughs> Who's your favorite bear? All right. <laughs> Rakeem. Do you guys find it ironic that the number one free agent option we want, Darren Ping, is the guy we could have drafted in 18 instead of Roquan? Roquan had a good run here, man. Let's not completely trash the dude, even if you disagree with my latest takes. I I guess my counter to that would be, well, Washington drafted him, and if the Bears side him, that means Washington didn't keep him. Yeah, okay. You know, like I don't know, but yeah, there's I I get where you're going. That's int- it's definitely interesting. It's definitely an interesting point I hadn't thought about. Um, all right, Brandon, Carm, uh, okay, we got a five dollar super chat here. Brandon. Found out I got the big C. Thanks for making these videos and keeping me distracted and keeping my mind off of bear down. You hang off it. of things bear down. Thanks again. Guys, I'm assuming the big C is what I think it is there, Brandon. Uh, really sorry to hear that. We appreciate that you're here with us, and um, I guess our stupid Bears banter. If it if it's helping you, man, I'm I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm happy it is. Sorry right. to hear that. Hang in there, Brandon, and advocate for yourself. Do the research. Do do what's right, not to get too far down that yeah. track. But best of luck, Brandon. Best I'm, of luck, I'm glad that we can like give an outlet to people. I I got one email. <laughs> From a from an audience member who said, like twenty twenty two sucked. There's war in Ukraine and economic situation is melting down. He's like, at least I know I can turn it on CHU every day, and we're just screwing around and gets everyone's mind off everything. So, yeah. Um, well, stuff out there, yeah. and you know, today's sorry to hear that, Brandon. Today's been an emotional day for a lot of us too. It being the one year anniversary of JD's passing and. Uh, we are handing out the Jeff Dickerson Good Guy Award at House Hall later today uh, to the Bears player that most helped the uh, media do their job and kind of reciprocated that idea of being a good guy. And it's not always easy, especially during a 3-12 and season. So uh, we'll be giving that away around 3 o'clock. And um, that award has existed now. And each chapter of the Pro Football Writers of America have that. But we, after J.D.'s passing last year, was actually Hub Arcus who came up with a great idea to rename the award after J.D. And what a perfect gesture for everything that J.D. stood for. Um, not only just being a good guy, but 
also the way in which he handled a lot of the uh, frustrations and things that can arise in that media room throughout the season. And he was always the guy that could somehow look past all of it. It was very remarkable. So whenever I went up there back in those days was once in a blue moon and I was, I would sit next to JD and I invariably, I would not know something. And he was always the most helpful guy and always smiling. And um, I don't know. I just want to, everyone's saying the same stuff. The dude was first class all the, all the way. Um, well, we got to go because I we got to get up there for that presentation. And um, I guess this is our last show of 2022 for us because we'll be back on Sunday, which is New Year's Day. Now, Will and Nick will be here tomorrow for their preview shows. Make sure you're tuning, tuning in at noon tomorrow for that Bears-Lions preview show. But it has been a crazy year for the Bears, for all of us sitting here this time last year. I don't think we knew that. Uh, I certainly didn't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so... Uh, Whatever outlet we've been for you here this year, thank you for being here because we couldn't do this without you being here every day. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button. Tell a friend about what we're doing here. Sign up and be a diehard. Uh, thank you so much for your support, allchgo.com. It has been a, a remarkable year. For real. Amazing year. Yeah, uh, yeah thank you, everybody. So even better 2023. Yeah, let's get a little uh, couple wins in there. Yeah. No, we, we – we could do the show without you, but we wouldn't be doing it for long, and it wouldn't feel anywhere close to as good as the, all the support we've gotten. So you need thank to be you. More, you need to be more specific, though. Get a couple wins next season, because technically you could still Correct. get a couple oh, wins yes, in no. 2023 oh, gosh, in the no. next yeah, couple yeah, yeah, weeks. Yeah, we need to lose the next two weeks, and then okay. <laughs> Just wanted to make sure that was clarified. Um, all right, we're out of here again. Will and Nick here tomorrow noon, and, breaking down the Lions game. And Bears after dark tomorrow, too. Maybe Me from a cab, maybe not. Yeah. <laughs>